our local Tesco's and tried to give them some Vietnamese dong. You're going to be sent to prison. And you're not going to have any goats. They'll take all your goats. No goats for you. <laughs> Fuck the capital. Storm that landfill. <laughs> so as long as I killed you, no one would know that that crypto was linked to me in any way. You're not so- selling this to me at all. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Nerdy Kraken. We're your hosts. My name's Kieran. I'm Nathan. And today we're going to be talking about cryptocurrencies. Yay. Um, so, we should probably... Okay, so cryptocurrency is a fairly old topic at this point. As in, they've been around for a couple of years, they had a height. Every so often it pops up in the news of... more For the most part, I think at this point, it's just rehashing old articles, what I see. But, um, yeah, I think, I think it's been around enough now where most people have at least heard of it. Maybe don't fully understand it, maybe don't really care, but it's certainly been around for a while. Yeah, and I think it is... It is it's still a very interesting and relevant topic. It's not in the news as much anymore, but I know the many of the central banks are looking into should their country get a cryptocurrency. Um, a lot the, of investment portfolios are now actually using part of it as a part of their fund being backed on crypto. Yeah, and if you go to certain countries, actually, um, whilst, I mean, we're recording this in the UK, cryptocurrency is still a fairly niche thing to the average person. There are other countries where it's a fairly common occurrence where you you know you go and buy bread in a cryptocurrency that's not abnormal yeah so i think we'll start with you just talking about bitcoin there are absolutely hundreds if not millions of cryptocurrencies but mm-hmm. i feel the big one and i think probably one of the first ones that really became big in the world is bitcoin yeah and probably is the one that most people have heard of if they have heard of one So that was first released in beginning of 2009 to pretty much nobody using it. And it kind of sat there. We don't actually know who created Bitcoin. It may have been a person, may have been a group of people. Um, They're to this day still anonymous. Um, It it could literally be anyone. Uh, They go by the alias of Satoshi Nakamoto. Um, Many people have claimed to be him. But yep. no one's, it, it's never been proven who this person actually is. Yeah. Bit of history that I do know about it is that when Bitcoin was first created in its like testing phase, and it's still actually because of how crypto works, and we'll go on to that a little bit further in the uh, episode, uh, the ledger has a recording of, I think it's a few hundred thousand Bitcoins that have almost been left in a dead wallet from the beginning, which nowadays would be worth... I'm doing the math. Hundreds of billions. <laughs> okay, that'd be worth nine billion dollars. So if anyone happens to know the password to that, would be nine. really like we're still looking for sponsorship. And <laughs> um, if you don't want to sponsor us, you could just give us the password. <laughs> um, okay, so what is what is a Bitcoin? Can I hold it in my hands? No. Okay. Can so, I? What can I? What? What is? How do I hold? How do I? What is a Bitcoin? How do I get one? It is a number in a digital book. I think that's my easiest way of describing crypto. That is backed by math that, frankly, I don't understand. Okay. So there's a number in a book. Yep. So if I get a coin, I get I, I get one of these crypto. I get one of these bitcoins. Yep. I've got a number in a book. Yes. Where's the book? Can I see the book? No. 
Well, I know you can see the book. Uh, there's lots of different ways. The whole idea of crypto is that it is decentralized. So, like, for example, if you're with Lloyd's Bank, you have they have a ledger or a book with a number in it, and that's where your bank balance is. The ledger works the same sort of way, and it tracks all transactions, and everyone can have access to that. Depending on how you're using crypto or how you're using Bitcoin, you may use an exchange who sort of just deal with all of that and you get a nice little online login like you might do with your Lloyd's Bank. Um, alternatively, you can run it directly on your computer. Mm-hmm. It's a lot less user-friendly that way, but a little bit more secure potentially and actually anonymous, kind of. Um, so that, that's, that's the basic. If you want to spend your crypto... For the most part, you can't. <laughs> why, why can't I spend my coin? Wait, wait. I had a, what, what, okay. So I've, I've got one of my crypto coins. Yep, you do. I, I've bought it from somewhere. I've seen an ATM before where it says I can get the cryptos out of it. Okay, well, in that place, you could probably use it. Um, you could use it. So I've gone to one of these crypto ATMs that I found in some fancy London place. Yep. Um, can I go and buy a loaf of bread from Tesco's? Oh, very much does it. Why? Because for the same reason why if you went to our local Tesco's and tried to give them some Vietnamese dong, that currency isn't going to be supported. So sort of very much the same with crypto is that most, I would say, stores in the UK are not going to accept crypto. More and more online retailers are starting to accept it. And I do, I think the only semi-big name brand that I actually know in at least certainly Birmingham that does accept crypto or at least did accept crypto was CEX okay um, but with the exception of that yeah you're not using your crypto to buy anything okay so I bought my crypto it exists in this book somewhere that's held potentially on your computer potentially well it's not just on your computer it is on everyone's computer because that's how we make sure that you haven't just edited your page to say, I have a billion of the crypto. Your your ledger needs to check against everyone else's ledger. Sort of very similar to, I don't know if anyone is listening to this, knows about accounting, double book accounting, where there's two ledgers and they check against each other to make sure you're right. Like that, but with millions of ledgers where they check against it to make sure it's right. Okay, probably should point out a technical thing, which we need to maybe need... <clears throat> Not everyone has different ledgers. It's the same ledger. There's only one ledger. Everyone has a copy of the same uh, ledger. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. But more just, yeah. Yeah. You, but you're, you could edit your copy, and then as soon as you tried to connect to the rest of them, it'd be like, nope, yours is wrong, and just kick you to the side. Okay, so it's not, if I remember this correctly, it's not that I edit the ledger on my machine and... To try and synchronize it back. Mm-hmm. If I want to make a purchase, what happens is, yes, I have the bid of the, the ledger's massive. The ledger's terabytes in size. Yeah. Um, and I've got probably the little bit on my computer that I really care about. Um, so using some fancy maths, I will make a file that basically says, I would like to send one Bitcoin from me to you. And using maths and the really long password string thing and using some public information about you, that request, that file, which says that I want to give money to you, um, then you have to send it to a processor. 
Um, and these are also what we would know as minors. Um, and what happens is all of the purchases are bundled together um, and say, I don't know, say there's 10,000 outstanding purchases and all of the miners are, and I can't remember the specifics of it, but they're, they're, they're trying to solve some puzzles. And once the puzzle is solved, it's something to do with the, the total of all of the transactions that need to happen, me to you, Terry to Dave, so on and so forth. When all of these transactions have happened, or when, when all of the puzzles have been solved to do with that transaction, um, it gets put onto the ledger. It can all be checked mathematically as well. Um, for doing that work, the miner receives a coin, or they receive a, a reward for doing it. Um, uh, it's, and then the fact that I have given you money is then confirmed. So actually, one odd thing, or one annoying thing about crypto is if I give you, I can just give you a £20 note, and it's your £20 yeah. note. Um, with crypto, you can't just send money. You put a request to send money, and depending on the coin and loads of other things, it can might take only a few seconds. Um, it might take 10 minutes. If there's a big backlog of transactions, it could take hours. Um, I remember in Bitcoin's heyday, there was genuinely like hours and hours of backlogs. To, yeah. to, so like the transaction is like you've requested to send money, but like technically it hasn't gone through yet, and you have to wait several hours until the money has been yeah. confirmed. Once all the maths has been done and the puzzles are solved and whatnot, then it's got through. Um, okay. That's proof of work. Yeah. It's also incredibly energy intensive because... Greta Thunberg does get sad. She does get very sad because to solve these puzzles is like finding a needle in a haystack the size of London. Made out of needles. <laughs> um, you you have to do hundreds of billions, trillions of, of attempts. What we're saying we should talk about, when we say minors, we're not talking about actual people or potentially the children. These are specialised computers for crunching those mathematical problems. Back in the heyday and back in certainly 2009 when Bitcoin was first came out, you could run this on your home laptop and probably make some, do a fair bit of work and actually potentially have a good chance of getting a re reward of the Bitcoin. Um, nowadays, we, we will use specially made machines and pool their resources with other like-minded people who want to do that and then split the reward. Yes. Yeah, that, that, that's a really good point. Um yeah, the miners usually are syndicates of thousands, tens, hundreds of thousands of people who are all desperately trying to solve the puzzle yeah. because whoever solves it gets one coin. And that might might not sound like a lot, but I think the current going price for a coin is like $30,000. Yeah. Um, at least in Bitcoin land anyway. Yes. Um, there is sort of a downside of that is as far as I know with miners, it is, it's, it's a race. It's not that, oh, those miners are only working and then they're going to get paid. It's 100,000 people might all individually be trying to crack that code or do that one transaction, and one person can win. The rest of them have then just burnt all that electricity or energy or whatever, and they won't get any reward if they're not part of a syndicate. Yes. Yeah, it, it, it really is a, a luck game. Like, you could turn your computer on and run it for 30 seconds, and there is a small, really small... Very, very small. But technically a chance that you could solve it on your first try. 
Yeah. Um, and the millions of other machines and people that are trying to solve it are just sucks to be them, really. They, yeah. they get nothing for it. And ultimately, this is one of the main problems with crypto. There are quite a few problems, but the energy efficiency of certainly proof of work is bad, really bad. In a time where we're trying to be more environmentally friendly, it's not great. Um, yes, I mean, well, that's where, so there, there is another option, which is, and I don't entirely know how this one works, um, proof of stake. Um, the general idea of this is rather than millions of computers all desperately trying to solve puzzles, is that everyone who has coins kind of all gets to vote and they all get to agree. It's basically currency by democracy. Yeah. Um, and it works on the general idea that most people will always agree that the truth remains true. Yeah. Technically, everyone could disagree and just say that, I don't know, all of my money is your money. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't exactly work like that, but fundamentally, if enough people decided to disagree, they could arbitrarily just change what's going on. But the reality is most people, most of the time, will do what will do what's actually going on in the world. Yeah. Okay, so what are the main differences between you having your crypto in your wallet, on your ledger, and me, who's currently got 10 of the Great British Pounds in my wallet? First of all, who carries cash anymore? I have a window cleaner, and it's the only way I can pay him. <laughs> um... I have a pot of £10 notes for the same reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess it's... Most people don't really think about the currency they hold in their pocket um, that much. Um, and they kind of assume... I think many people assume that money has always been money. Um, what we use today is called fiat. Fiat money. Um, and I'm sure many people will have had... or had someone said to them before the whole, the whole why does money have value? It's just a piece of paper. It's just a piece of paper with the Queen's Back face. Back in the day, it's, first of all, it's not... Has the King's face been added to him yet? I don't know. I I've got a coin. I've got a coin with his face on. Um, but it used to be the gold standard. It used to be valued at gold. It did. It did used to be valued at gold. And that was really useful because... Gold had value. Yes. Not the paper that's in... Mold. It's not paper, it's plastic. Yeah, so your coin was worth what it was worth. Because it was what it was. It just yeah. if you had a coin, it was worth what it was. If you broke the coin in half, it was worth precisely half. You had two halves of the coin's value. If you rip yeah. a ten pound note in half, it's not worth anything. I think if you try and take it, take both halves back to a bank, they'll and sell a tape yeah, together. Yeah, they normally will. Just they'll give you a, yeah, they'll a swap it out for a fresh tenner. But you can't just rip a tenner in half and you got two fivers. That's not how yeah, it works. That's not, not how you make change. Uh, <laughs> it would be convenient if it was. It would be. Um, but yeah, so I guess that's a good point. So originally we had the gold standard, which was we used gold, um, and that stuck around in humanity for many, many, many years. Um, your net worth was how much gold you had on you. If you wanted to buy something, you know, a chicken was N amount of gold. Um, at the end of World War II, a lot of countries were bankrupt, didn't really have any money. Um, so most, a lot of countries decided to abandon the gold standard and produce what's called fiat money, which mm -hmm. is basically they just took the little line on everyone's notes, which used to say, you get to redeem gold for this. And in God, we trust it now, says. 
Yes. Something similar to that. Yeah, they just scribbled out the you, you get gold, so you, you don't get gold anymore. Um, although I think if you still have some very old American notes and they have you, uh, and some of them do still have the original, you have a right to gold, you can take it and exchange it for gold. Okay. I, I know got- in America and possibly some of the UK money too, like certain coins are actually still made out of like silver. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they came with the, uh, the fiat system because it meant that they could just arbitrarily print money. Yeah. Um, and I guess there is ultimately a question of, well, why would people bother to continue doing it if it doesn't have any value anymore? It's not linked to gold. And it's because you kind of have to. What else yeah. are you going to do? You could use Bitcoin. Um, or gold. Well, in the 50s, Bitcoin didn't exist. Um, and I guess you could try and use gold, but did, just uh, are your employers going to pay you in gold? Uh, is your local market going to have gold? Maybe. Yeah. Um, ultimately, taxes. The government doesn't accept gold for taxes. You have to have yeah. pounds or dollars. And so... Yeah. Other currencies are available. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um <laughs> And so I guess that's what the vast majority of countries use fiat currencies these days. This is what you have. And it has its value because the government you live in says it has value. And if you disagree with them... You are Greece. (laughs) Well, no, because they use the euro and that's backed by the eurozone, which is (laughs) ultimately backed by Germany. (laughs) So... But if you disagree that it has value, well, you're... It you can to disagree. Be. Everyone's allowed an opinion. Yeah, but you, yeah, it, 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 it's your. When you try and pay your taxes in goats, you're going to you, you, you're going to be sent to prison, and you're not going to have any goats. They'll take all your goats. No goats for you. <laughs> Start a new law. Goats. Uh, every prisoner is entitled to one goat. Oh God, if the miles per gallon of my car, I'm going to have to carry so many goats. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, we had the gold standard, we had fiat, and cryptocurrency, I guess, now kind of poses this really interesting... Yeah, because it's not real money, but it is semi-close to being gold, in a way. It's like digital gold, because there's only so many Bitcoins that can ever exist, sort of like gold. Um, It's hard to get, kind of like gold. You can't use it everywhere, kind of like gold. It's very similar. And also, if you look at a picture of Bitcoin, it's always depicted as a gold coin. And I think one of the other main things is that, or another benefit is, the government can't screw the currency over. Yeah. If I have a block of gold in my pocket, um, the government, for example, in the UK, we, we had this actually happen where a lettuce ruined our currency for an amount of time. But my gold would still be gold. Your gold, yeah, your gold would still be worth gold. Um, Lettuce can't affect my gold. <laughs> if a government somehow had the way to produce infinite gold, gold would be worthless. Yeah. But you can't do that, so it will always be valuable. Um, the government could decide tomorrow it wants to print a bajillion pounds yeah. and the currency would be worthless. And many countries have done this. Yes. Um, crypto has that one great thing where your government can't ruin it yeah and i think that's where we circle back around to other countries and how it's being used um 
when crypto was first made, it was touted that it was going to be amazing because it was super secure and no one knew what people were buying. And that's kind of useful, maybe. Yeah. But one of its main uses is if you don't trust your government. Yeah. Or if you're doing something which your government doesn't want you to be doing. Such as... In China, for example, it's become quite common for them to use, for people who want to access websites, which the government don't particularly want you to look at, to use VPNs. Well, the problem with, for example, well, Lloyd's analogy... Our podcast is now cancelled in China. Thanks. <sighs> That's fine. See you. Um, Bye-bye, all China, Chinese listeners. Um, they know. The only way they're listening to this is using a VPN. <laughs> Um, yeah, for example, if I was to buy something on my credit card or my bank card, there is a, a monetary a, a mark made against my account that Nathan spent fifty pound at the petrol station. Um, if I'm buy- if for some reason the UK makes buying petrol illegal, that's a problem because then they know that I've just brought petrol and I'm not meant to do that, and I'm going to go to prison potentially. I don't know. Um, with China. I'm pretty sure VPNs are illegal. So buying something where it isn't linked to you or buying in a way where it isn't linked to you is very useful. Um, yeah, okay. So that makes sense. But so in the UK, we, we they have not banned us from fuel. They have not banned us from VPNs. We live in a fairly liberal and open country. Yep. Um... So, okay. So, does that does that one benefit? That okay. So, if we're going for the benefits a bit, the I guess the maybe benefits of this thing and why I should care. How does that value me? Because I can already buy everything that I want to buy, right? Yeah. Well, there's there's a number of reasons as to why you potentially might want to have crypto, and that's not for buying VPNs and petrol. Um, potentially, one thing that people are doing that companies are doing is they're actually using it as an alternative to gold as like there is only a limited amount of it so some stock or portfolios of investment funds are actually holding some amount of cryptocurrencies be it bitcoin or potentially others as a bit of an investment obviously low risk low amount and very high risk investment because it's not linked to any it's not controlled by anyone and anyone that's looked into crypto over the last couple of years can see that the prices can swing up and down ridiculous amounts in very quick succession. Um, there are other reasons why potentially you might want to hold crypto, but I, I don't know what those might be. you want to talk about that? <laughs> you can try and lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. <laughs> so in the world of buying things that the government doesn't want you to buy, um, the reality is, well... Many people, you can use crypto to buy almost anything, particularly if you, you know, what what's one of the biggest cash industries in any country? It's the drugs industry. Um, and one of the ways that Bit- uh, particularly Bitcoin um, came to great prominence, um, and I think for a while, uh, before it became mainstream, one of its primary uses was purchasing illicit things. Um, yes. Now, one of the biggest examples of this was called the Silk Road, you can search for it. You will pull up all kind of news stories about it where the Silk Road was an online platform 
for buying anything that you can't Similar buy. Similar to eBay? To really, mix of eBay and Amazon. I would yeah, say. eBay for things that you can't buy from any yeah, like, for, high street retailer. In America, you, maybe. Um, but for the most part, yes. They, they, they sold things, for example, narcotics, weapons, hitmen, those kind of things, which obviously we don't support and shouldn't do that. It's legal, and that website is no longer around, thanks to the US government. I think. I think it was US government. Uh, I think it was joint between many countries. Yeah, most of the world wasn't a massive fan of this. No. Road. No, they kind of just screw. They kind of just pissed every every government off. But there are some quite good movies. So if you do want to watch a movie about Silk Road, they're very interesting. And actually, his book was quite interesting. The uh, main cop that arrested him, he <laughs> made a book. Um, but I think I mean just immediately there. There's, so the whole buying things that the government doesn't want. It comes down to do you trust your government? Do you trust your government that you will be able to buy the things that you need? and will not need an alternative now. And I think it adds down to a personal decision, is that maybe you're in a country where you don't have freedom of, or don't have access to the full internet, and you want freedom of speech, and you can use crypto to buy something which will allow you to do that. It comes at risk. You could use it if you're someone who wants to buy narcotics, or needs narcotics in the country you're in, it's not available. You could use it to buy stuff like that. Um... I'm sure there are lots and lots of other examples of things that you can buy with crypto. The key issue is that, or the key feature is that it can be anonymous. So that very much like cash, I can go and give my £10 that's in my wallet right now to my window cleaner, I can give it to anyone I want, and the government doesn't know who I've given that £10 to. They just know that I had £10 and now I don't have £10 anymore. Doesn't matter who that's gone to. That's where we get into the semi-complicated and where it becomes not anonymized with exchanges. What's an exchange? Who am I exchanging it with? Well, there are three ways that I know of getting crypto. That is by talking to a real person. For example, if you've got some crypto and I've got some cash and you want cash and I want crypto, I could just give you my £10 and you could transfer that crypto to me. That's one way of getting crypto where only you would know that that wallet holding that new crypto is me. Okay. So as long as I killed you, no one would know that that crypto was linked to me in any way. You're not selling this to me at all. Fairly anonymous. Another way of doing it would be, as we talked about earlier with the miners, and they just get paid out to a wallet that doesn't necessarily need to be connected to you. So you could get earnings from your mining and then you've got crypto which is not linked to a human being. It's just linked to a wallet and you could buy that to spend that on the Silk Road or buying VPNs or anything else. Mm-hmm. The third way is exchanges. And these are companies, websites, businesses, whatever you want to talk, call them, where you can create a wallet with them and you can transfer your... Great British pounds, dollars, whatever currency you're currently in for the most part, to Bitcoin and potentially a load of other altcoins. We'll go into that a little later. Um, The problem with that is once you use an exchange, pretty much 
all of Europe and I think America, you have to have proof of who you are. So that might be potential social security number, passport, driving license, some identification to prove who you are. So at that point, if you transfer your one Bitcoin to my wallet, which is connected to the exchange, they know who I am straight um, away. Does that also mean that they know that I sent you money? Yes. They not if you if your wallet isn't held in there in the exchange, they won't necessarily know who you are, but they'll know that you sent me money. Okay. So that's where Bitcoin becomes not anonymized. And ultimately the problem is that if you want you live in this ideal world where you're you're living off grid, you don't need part of any government but and you and you're making all your money from mining your own crypto well, and if you want to spend that money on anything in any country which doesn't just run on crypto, you need an exchange to transfer it into your normal money so you can buy your petrol. Okay. So, trying, I'm still trying to think of a practical use for this. So, I... Okay, so take someone who lives in a country where, you know, I don't need to purchase anything illicitly. Everything realistically I need... You know, I don't, I don't, I, mean, I could buy a VPN if I wanted. I don't need a VPN because yeah. government kind of just lets me do whatever I want. Uh, is, is there a valid use for me? So, yeah. As a law-abiding citizen, lives in a nice, happy country. Yep. Um, like... Why? What? what who, who is this for? Okay, we're ignoring doing illegal things. We're going to say they're illegal, and you shouldn't do those. Yep. What are the legitimate uses for this? Why? Why should someone actually have this in their life, which isn't bad things or bad by the government standards? I think the main reason, other than just hoarding it like you would potentially gold as an investment, which I I would rather buy gold than Bitcoin. I trust gold more. Maybe that's because I'm old. Um, is if you don't trust your government to make the best decisions for your currency. If you're in a country who their government potentially believes, we'll just print our way out of this and just keep printing, that's a problem. Okay. We've seen countries where that has gone badly. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, the, for an everyday person, that's the only time crypto, in my opinion, makes sense. But you just said I can't spend it at Tesco's. Well, there are some countries, which I think you may know about, that do let you spend it in Tesco's. Or their version of Tesco's. Maybe still be Tesco's. I'm pretty <laughs> sure Tesco's is just UK, and I don't think they accept crypto. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I saw it I saw it in the news. Um, apparently, Argentina, they made Bitcoin their national currency? Um, or they, they certainly, hold, they'd certainly, um, they made it their second national currency. Um, although they did it for a different reason. Um, they didn't necessarily, I mean, most countries, if they're destroying their own currency, don't want other people using another currency because it, kind of removes what little value it has left. Yeah. Um, the reason Argentina did it was because Argentina has a lot of people who work in other countries um, and they send a, money, a lot of money home back to Argentina. Um, they... When you send money between countries, uh, there's usually quite a high transaction fee on that. Yes. Um, Bitcoin, on the other hand, 
and most cryptocurrencies, the transaction fee doesn't, because you're sending it, it's still the same currency in the same system. The price of sending it from country to country yeah. is uh, minimal. To also, on the talk of exchanges, um, some exchanges, if you are, for example, if you had an account with, let's say, Coinbase, it's the one that I know of, and I have an account with Coinbase, I can transfer crypto to you for no fee. So if I have a Bitcoin, you have a Bitcoin, and I want to give you just the one Bitcoin, there's no transaction fee for that. Oh, okay. That only works if obviously we're both in the same exchange, and I think it's only certain currencies, but they do have some way transaction free. So... In an ideal world, we would all just keep all of our crypto in one one place. So we would just all keep our crypto in Coinbase. That's potential. That does then have the fact that it is then no longer um, anonymous. So it depends on what you want to use. If you want to use Bitcoin as an alternative to the money sitting in your bank account, then exchanges, in my opinion, are okay. Not financial advice. As far as I know, Coinbase is like governmently registered so that it is insured and stuff. Um, don't trust what I said on that. If you want to put any money over one penny in there, do your own research. It, there's no insurance. Pretty sure there is. No. Well, really? cryptocurrency isn't legally classed as a currency. So at least in the UK, any of the laws that guarantee... Um, fun fact, if anyone didn't know, uh, if your bank folds or something happens, so if something happens where you lose all your money, um, which isn't just you spent it stupidly, yeah. um, something which is not your fault, the government guarantees up to £85,000. Because cryptocurrency is legally not a currency, hmm. you get nothing. Yeah, I thought they had some sort of insurance on it. If they do, it's not legally mandated. It's out of the goodness of the heart. Yeah. They're Which? a big company, so you can trust them based on the fact they're a big company. Um, Not financial advice. Uh, I say, this is where I would point to Mount, uh, Mount Gox. They, so Mount Gox was the world's... Either the world's largest exchange or one of the world's largest exchange. Yeah, long story short, it turns out that maybe... Oh, is that like the Binance people as well? well the same sort of story, I'm guessing. Same story, different company. Yeah. Long story short, you give all your money to someone who there are really no laws about what they do and don't have to do with it, and you kind of just lose all your money. Yeah. That's why banks are regulated. Like, mm. they're not allowed to just do whatever they want with your money. They kind of have to... They have some obligations to keep it safe, and if they don't, it's yeah. a problem. Now, ultimately, the... the, the uh, at least quite often these people will be held to account and they'll go to prison and blah, blah, blah. You don't get your money back, though. Yeah. Like, maybe you do. Maybe if they find it, they're probably not finding it. It's yeah. probably spent. Okay, so what advice can we give to people then? If they they want to start using some crypto, they're in Argentina or a country which has printed the hell out of their money and it's now worthless, what advice can we give? I would say... For day-to-day -day spending, so, you know, you've not got any savings in there, it's just a money you're going to spend on week-to-week -week buying stuff, I would recommend using an exchange. Do your research, find an exchange which is trustworthy, and hope. Yeah. If you are someone 
with the golden, golden analogy who wants to buy some crypto with the idea that you think that this might be the next big thing. This is going to be the next gold. Buy it, hold it. Both you and me, we heard, first heard of crypto nearly 15 years ago. Yeah. When it was £50 a coin. I'll be honest, I still kick myself a little bit that it was £50 a coin. Now it's like £30,000 a coin. If you're someone who wants to, re- wants to do that, I would recommend getting a hardware wallet, which is an actual digital device with a your wallet address on it, and you can transfer money into that. That's quite secure. Some of them will have biometrics and stuff, so they can't be unlocked about your actual fingerprint and a pin. That's probably your best bet. And then put that in a safe, like you would the gold. Fun uh, Bitcoin... Um fact there is well there was someone who had lots of bitcoins on their computer and they yes. threw their computer away and yes. it went to a landfill yes. and now bitcoin's worth a lot and somewhere in a landfill um in i can't remember what country i thought it was america i assume it's america yeah there's a laptop in there that's worth heart oh god no it has an estimated worth of 60 billion dollars in a landfill. Yeah. So when I said about getting that hardware, like the ledger... Don't throw it away accidentally. Yeah, put it in a safe. Treat it like a gold bar. Don't put it in the bin. Yes. Because that would be really bad for you. I think the funny thing is is that they, like, they desperately want to get it back. Yeah, um, I would And too. they have offered, like, they have offered, like, to cut the profits. They have offered everything. But... Again, whichever state it is, whoever controls the um, whoever controls the is like, no, you're you're not rooting through the rubbish to try and find it. And it's like well, their their office is like, we'll give you billions and billions and billions of dollars, and it's like, no, no. Oh God, ah, so that that makes you sick. That would make you sick when you go to sleep. Yeah, I think I yeah I don't I don't think I could live on knowing that I fucked up that badly. No, I mean, at that point, you just sneak in at night and you spend every day of the rest of your life searching for a dump. The yeah. odds of finding it are very slim, but somewhere in there, there's $60 billion. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably what would happen. <laughs> I'm sorry, that guy needs to have a chat with Donald Trump. If he can get, like, people to storm the Capitol, fuck the Capitol. Storm Don't- that landfill. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yep, that yep, just fun Bitcoin fact. Someone out there really hates their life because they threw away sixty billion dollars on a crappy laptop. Well, it's sixty billion and the value of the laptop. <laughs> so that's like sixty billion and like three hundred pound. Um, that must really sting. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, on to your point of, like, actual advice. I mean, I think ultimately that holds true. Like, I think the reality is for the average person, if you're, if you're in, if, if you're, if your local currency is the pound, the dollar, the euro, the Japanese yen, etc., etc. The you, Vietnamese dong. I, 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 Honestly, I, no, that was quite, uh, no, because I gave my dad, like, nine billion. About <laughs> Vietnamese dong to go on holiday. 
Okay, if you're using Vietnamese dong, maybe use the crypto. Not legal or financial advice, but maybe do some research. Um, but the reality is, if your currency does not... If you don't go to whatever your equivalent of Tesco's is every day and, and wonder, I wonder how much a loaf of bread's going to cost today, you probably don't need or care about this, with the exception of... And really, you say you can invest in it, you can hold it like it's gold, it's gambling. Yes, it is. Gold has had a very good, consistent value now for most of human history. Yeah. The value of Bitcoin can go up and down by thousands of dollars a day. An hour. A minute. Um, So it, it... it might be a good investment. It also might not be a good investment. It really is gambling. Um, if you want to do it, if you like gambling, and you like the ability of maybe making a lot of money, keyword on the maybe, yeah. go for it. But for most people, it probably doesn't matter. 